What do you think about the line situation with the stores during this reopening right now? Thanks for tuning in. This is Tyler. What up? This is Zach. This is the No Structure Podcast. No Do you mean just like how many people they're letting into the building or that they're allowing lines or? Yeah, well, kind of. Like, do you think that this is going to groom the next generation to be patient or impatient? And let me follow that with kind of my observations. Mm -hmm. So I noticed at all these stores, the max capacity is limited to about, what, 25% or something like that? Yeah, most places. Which leads there to be extremely long lines outside. Right. Like, extremely long lines. Like, they just opened at the little town center by my house. Um, You know, they opened, like, all the clothes stores, like... Uh, Marshalls or Burlington Coat Factory right. or something like Rosses, that. Yeah. Back and as I'm driving the Safeway, I have to pass all these stores. Right. And there's like 50, 60 people in line outside to get into these stores. Like, it's yeah. crazy. It is crazy looking, you know? Yeah. Do you think that this is going to make people more patient in the long run? Or do you think this is just going to make people extremely irritable and impatient, more impatient? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I don't really know how this is going to go. I mean, I could see it making people more patient just because they're being forced to do it now, but I could also see people revolting even more against everything that's going on. I don't think that they're going to be okay with standing in a line for the next couple weeks. Maybe it'll be okay for the first couple weeks because they feel like they have to, but once that starts wearing off, just like with the masks, I think they're going to go back to the same fuck shit they were doing before. But see, the mask, people have personal control over that. Yeah. When it comes to a store... If they're not going to let you in and you try to go in there, I'm sure they can just call the cops on you and well, get but, you removed. Yeah, there's videos though going around of like the mask thing where they're telling people they can't go in and they're still trying to get in the store even though they say no masks and they're saying they're being discriminated against. And That's true. So I'm not, honestly, I'm not sure how this is going to pan out. I do think that it's going to make more people realize that they can just do all this stuff online. I think we're going to see online shopping explode even more than it already has. Do you think that's going to make people lazy? Yeah. I think we're already pretty lazy and I think it's just going to push people to be even lazier. Um, but at the same time, I mean, at least for the time being, it's safer. So trade a little bit of laziness for some safety, for sure. Do you think the online shopping is the next stepping stone into a Wally type world? For sure. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think. Do you think it was inevitable that we we're going to get to a Wally type world? Yeah. I and, mean, and Corona was just one of the stepping stones that we didn't think was going to happen, but it just advanced the situation. Yeah, I think we talked about this on a previous episode I'd mentioned before that I think this is just speeding our timeline up for the things that we were already kind of trying to get ourselves used to. Mm-hmm. This is just speeding it up like virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Now they're pushing it even harder because people are staying home more, you know, so stuff like that. I think it's just speeding up our timeline. But yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to me seeing all these uh, seeing all these lines and it's places like Ross. Like everybody's mm-hmm. in such a rush to go back to Ross, which I get it because it's been closed for so many months. There's, you know, back stock. I don't even think you can order from online at Ross. That's another thing too. And, you know, obviously the pricing there is a little bit better than if you go to a regular store. It's just... It's just funny to me that people are, that's the risk you're willing to take is going to Ross and standing in line. Like, it's just. I think the thing that's funny to me is that these people, and I'm guilty as well because. Yeah, I'm not judging these people, by the way. I I get why they're doing it. I was just at the mall. So I get also that, you know, you want to buy shit. But it's just so funny that, you know, human mentality is like, once we're free to do shit, we want to buy shit. Yeah. Or we go back to. Give me more shit. Or you would think people would look for 
more things to do with their time that's more productive now than just wanting to run straight back to a Ross as soon as it opens up, you know? I think when things start opening up, people would want to go, like... Maybe they did all the stuff already. Like recreational. But recreational stuff has been open here for a couple weeks, so maybe that's why. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a very, it's a very interesting time. I just... Uh, yeah, I don't really know what to make of what's going to happen as far as a lot of these retail stores and things are concerned. I did see like AMC is saying that they're not even going to require people to wear masks. That would be tough to sit in a hot room yeah. with a mask. We were, uh, you know, walking in Seattle with mask on and it's pretty warm outside. Yeah. Imagine Houston when I was in there with the mask yeah, on. Yeah, man. It felt like a, a legit workout just mm-hmm. walking a couple blocks. For sure. It's going to be really interesting to see how companies operate moving forward um, as far as like requiring people to wear masks and things like I saw uh, the Ohio governor or something like that. Uh, yeah, the governor of Ohio is uh, telling local officials he's not going to give them tax money for their counties or whatever if they require people to wear masks. Interesting. Which is really weird that they're able to be able they're able to be able they're able to do that kind of thing, like hold funding for a community because they're requiring people to do something that's a safety precaution. Like you're stopping people from putting out safety measures. That's a good thing that they can hold funds. I think it's a good thing. You don't think it's a good thing that they can hold funds from them if they're not following safety? No, 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 no. There's, he's saying that if, if the counties are requiring people to wear masks, uh-huh. he's going to take the, oh, funding the opposite. Away. Yeah. The opposite of that. Oh. Yeah. No, no. If it was, if it was, uh, you're required to wear a mask and you're not, then not, we're not going to give you the funding. But it's the other way around. He's telling people that if you do require, we're going to not give you funding, which I think is see that sounds backwards. like sounds like money. Yeah, like it sounds like uh, that's the governor, right? Yeah, the governor. It sounds like the governor is over here getting bribed to keep things open. Like, no, you guys better keep that shit open, or you guys are fucking with my money. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to say uh, Ohio. It's Omaha. Uh-huh. I mean, Nebraska, I mean, yeah. some of these states are, too, at the point where they don't have a large populace like we do up here in Seattle or, like, in New York, so the mask thing isn't as big for them, but at the same time, still, you're denying people funds just because they want to make sure that people are taking extra safety precautions. I think that that's a little ass backwards. That Not a backwards. little ass backwards, it's a lot ass backwards. It is backwards, for sure. But, um, yeah. Uh, do you have anything else on, really, Corona? Just, I mean, Not number, really. numbers are going up a little bit. Um, you know, I hope people are just being mindful of that. I know things are getting back open and things look back to normal, but just be mindful of the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that Trump rally is wild, basically telling people, hey, you guys can all come to my rally, but uh, if you guys get sick, it's not on me. Like he's Did showing... you? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, that just shows you that he cares more about your vote than your life. Like your health, your vote is worth more than your health to him. I just saw this video and he said, if we do not document cases, there will be no new cases. Well, no shit, Sherlock. Like, what Bruh. are you talking about, dude? <laughs> Trump, man. He's over here trying to take all the shortcuts. Man, he's also been saying that uh, it's it's on its way out. It's going to disappear as, you know, Florida just announced 3,000 new cases. Texas, another 3,000 cases. Like, you can try and cover this up as much as you want to, but the truth is out there. We're kind of at a point where it's either you're, you're in or you're out as far as corona is concerned. I mean, I think either people are deciding whether or not they still care if they get sick or not seems like it's the point is people are at it's kind of like well if i get sick i get sick i think a lot of people's mentality is we haven't been sick yet yep and it's been such a big deal this whole time right i think i'm fine yeah i think that's a big mentality i don't think a lot of people are realizing that that's what they're thinking Mm -hmm. but the way that they're moving shows that that's what they're thinking right they're moving like it's normal again and it's not Mm -hmm. it's not and i'm not putting people down for that because i understand that 
you know, the months that we've been locked away. I don't even want to say locked away because it makes it sound like we were in prison or something. But, the, the you know, the time that we spent inside can drive people crazy. But, I mean, it's all for a greater good. Like, this is all for, you know, we're, we're doing these things to continue our species, pretty much. Yeah. Um, should we shift into Kyrie and the players versus NBA? Yeah. kind of coronavirus related. Break that down for me and the listeners. Yeah. Um. So, basically, so Kyrie is actually um, one of the... Vice Presidents of the Players Association. Kyrie Irving. On Brooklyn, Nets. Brooklyn Nets, yeah. Okay. Um, so he, the original thing was, I guess, a bunch of owners had a conference call to talk about opening the league back up. Kyrie was present on the call as well as other Players Association players. And they all elected to begin the season. Well, then Kyrie came back maybe like a week later and wanted a second conference call with some players regarding some of the issues that they had with the NBA reopening. So this reopening is basically going to happen in Orlando. It's going to be 22 teams, 13 from the West, 8 from the East. They're going to be living in this bubble at the hotels. They're not allowed to leave. There's a bunch of weird stuff going on. Like they're making players wear these rings. Um, It's called an Aura Smart Ring, and it's capable of predicting COVID-19 symptoms up to three days in advance with 90% accuracy. The ring can measure body temperature, respiratory functions, and heart rate. Um, So they're doing all these things. But basically, Kyrie is being made a scapegoat. Because he's telling the NBA they shouldn't restart the league because there's too much going on in the world right now. One, with corona and the players' safety and health, but also everything that's going on with social justice. He believes that this is taking away from that initiative. Like, basketball is just going to be used as a distraction Mm -hmm. for that. And he's been getting blasted for the last couple days by Kendrick Perkins, by Stephen A. Smith. But the funny thing is, these guys all work for ESPN, the ones that are blasting him. The people that stand to make the most money off of the NBA returning is ESPN. Disney owns ESPN. So they're using their hotels. They're using their uh, facilities. ESPN is obviously going to have all the coverage over it. Like, they stand to make the most money from this. So whose side are people really on? Are we really for the players or are we for the business side? Because it looks like a lot of people are for the business. But they're willing to put the players' risk or players' health at risk to do it. So I'm assuming that these players only get paid if they play. So, yeah, they get paid if they play. Um, they also get docked pay if they do not, if they elect not to play. Got it. So, that being said, there's two sides to look at this. Actually, there's two sides that I'm assuming the players are on. One side is that these players want their money because they have a lifestyle to maintain. Right. The other side is there's players that are concerned about their safety. Absolutely. I think that if you defend the NBA moving forward, you're automatically discrediting the player's concerns. Right. Period. Right. Like, there's no other argument about that. Yeah. Like, absolutely. I feel like we have to start looking at things black and white. Yep, for sure. I uh, 100% agree. You're prioritizing business over the health of the people that you make the money off of. Exactly. That would be my next point. Right. So these are the players that actually have to go out and do this. I know a lot of people probably don't care about rich people having problems. Right. I get that. I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be the first one to... Uh, to be like there are bigger problems right but this specific topic a lot of people like yeah a lot of people like basketball right and i feel like a lot of people are going to want to push this to move forward and ignore the fact that like these are people yeah and they do have families right their concerns should be equally as important health-wise as everybody else exactly and you know with the Kyrie thing he's i mean Kyrie's one of my favorite basketball players like basketball aside though as a person He's fought a lot for not only social justice for, you know, African-Americans, but he's very heavily involved in things with Native Americans because he has his mother was Native American. 
but it always seems like they've i wouldn't want to say pick on Kyrie, but he's such an easy target for them that they make him the face of all this stuff is it because he's not a loud personality no it's not because of that it's because i think it's sometimes it's not it's not the message that he's delivering it's the messenger like i think that they're just the Kyrie's delivered messages in such wrong ways before that they're just grouping that with that they're just oh Kyrie's being a distractor again got it like they're not even paying attention to the message but he's an elected official so he's not just talking for himself he's talking for a whole contingent of players mm-hmm. you know it's not just for him they and, clearly feel the same way he feels right and uh you know there was a lot of rumors coming out about um he wanted to start his own league like he was telling players but I understand where he's coming from from the social justice aspect too. These owner make these owners make billions and billions of dollars off African American players, but some of them won't even speak up to say anything about what's going on in this country. Mm-hmm. They get to sit up in the press box while the players take all of the um, the risk of playing, of possibly getting sick, of possibly getting their families sick, while these guys rake in money. And the owners don't have a strong African American representation, and that's who makes the majority of the money in the NBA. Yeah. So for that, I just I. I get what you're saying. And the Kendrick Perkins thing, man, I don't know what his issue with Kyrie is, but he was talking about Kyrie being a distraction from, as Kyrie saying basketball is a distraction from what's going on in the world right now. Kendrick Perkins is saying that Kyrie's a distraction from what's going on in the world because he's speaking out against this stuff. It's like, what? How does that make any sense? He's like, you're taken away from black people being murdered in this country because all the attention's on you now. But Kyrie's whole point is about social mm-hmm. justice. So the, the ESPN... I don't know what you want to call it is in full force right now. Like they are fully all blasting Kyrie. Yeah. They're making sure that he looks like the bad guy and they're trying to restart in Florida. Florida had 3000 new cases yesterday. I wonder if they threatened Kendrick Perkins with his job. Like you need to say how this is wrong, what Kyrie's doing or you're gone. Yeah. But I'm also not going to cut uh, Kendrick that slack because he's been saying wild stuff. I feel like he's been trying to boost his media career for a while now. So now he's just, um, I feel like he's almost taken a contrarian side to everything just to be that guy in the NBA now. Got it. Which, um, you know, hey, I never hate on somebody getting a bag, but you're talking about putting – he was talking about um, – oh, Stephen A. Smith was uh, talking about putting people down and putting another black man down, but all of them are doing that to Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. Like, they're completely ignoring that they're doing it to Kyrie and then using the same things to be pissed off at him. It's, it's really weird. Really, really strange. And Kyrie told – he said that he's ready to give up all of this for social justice. Like we were saying earlier, like it's it's cool that he's in a situation that he can do that. Yeah, because not a lot of players can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, Dwight Howard and we talked about growth last week and about when we're wrong about things or we discover new things that we should come back and address that. Address it. And this is something, and a lot of people, especially people close to me, know I've hated Dwight Howard for years. When he was on the Lakers, I hated the way he exited, how he threw that temper tantrum, got kicked out of the game, basically talked shit on his way out, tried to destroy the the image of the team. Right. I was the biggest Dwight Howard hater in the world. My fantasy team for two straight years was called Fuck Dwight Howard. Like, I had real immense hate for him. But he came out and spoke on the social justice things, too. Said that he sided with Kyrie, and he's also willing to not play to make sure that the social justice stuff continues to move forward. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to walk back everything that I said about Dwight Howard. He's been a great teammate this year. He seems to have matured and grown, and I think it should be recognized. So I did want to apologize for the things I've said in the past regarding sure. Dwight. Um, one other crazy thing uh, I saw that they weren't really reporting on too is they were talking about KD or I mean Kyrie being such a big distraction, but he's been calling Stephen Jackson every day asking him what he can do, how he can be involved. 
Um, there was also another quote that came out after everything that said that Kyrie said, he said, if it's worth the risk, then let's go and do it. But if you're not with it, it's okay too. We've got options for both ways. Let's just come to a middle ground as a family. This was not being reported at all when the original reports came out and they were blasting it. Like that little quote could have changed the whole perception of people. And people are using this as a way to talk shit about Kyrie because of his flat earth thing. Mm, I forgot about that. A lot of lame flat earth jokes, especially from a lot of Celtics fans. Like you guys are fucking dweebs. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry. The flat earth jokes suck. There's a lot going on right now. Kyrie's standing for something more and you guys want to make stupid flat earth jokes. A lot of people say things that mean a lot of stuff and you agree with. And those people have opinions I bet that you don't agree with anyway. 100%. There's uh, a couple other things uh, to talk about for the NBA as far as like what they're doing for COVID. They have this proximity alert, which is a device that alerts anyone within six feet of you that you're too close. Really? Just a little wild. Wait, so for fans and stuff? No, this is for... They're not going to do fans. That's what I thought. It's uh, it's for the players. Because they're going to have staff there from Disney. Oh, and there's going to be a hotline, an anonymous hotline for players to basically snitch on each other while they're in this bubble. Wow. See, everything about this just seems very turbulent. And like I said before, Kyrie just wanted an explanation of things that are going to go on with this. They were concerns from other players, too. Like... The, the NBA is not being fully transparent, and this just goes back to this whole thing that I've been talking about with coronavirus from the beginning. It's really showing how selfish people are. Like, people only care about, like, basketball. Everybody knows I'm the biggest basketball fan in the world. Part of my brand is staying home on a Friday night, eating shrimp, fried rice, and watching basketball. Like, I want nothing more than the NBA to come back, but at what cost? Yeah. Like, that's the biggest thing with this coronavirus comes down to, is at what cost? I feel that. There's a lot of times. I just think that somebody like Kyrie shouldn't be blasted for sticking up for social justice and it's clear that they're trying to paint a narrative about him i think this particular situation shows that anybody sticking up for anything they believe in can get it at any level of success that you are and from their own people exactly which i thought was nuts like kendrick perkins just like sometimes man i just don't get some of the things that come out of his mouth Mm -hmm. like it's wild and katie spoke up for Kyrie too and called kendrick a sellout oh that's what it was katie and kendrick hate each other they do yeah so uh, that's what Stephen A. Smith was saying. He's like, you're putting Katie's putting Kendrick down, calling him a sellout. It's like Kendrick just spent a whole five minutes talking shit about Kyrie and questioning his intelligence. Yeah. So a lot of crazy shit going on. But now looking at this whole NBA thing, like a couple weeks ago, we were gun ho about the NBA. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely make it come back. It'd be great. But now I'm not so sure. Yeah. Especially if like imagine like a LeBron or a Giannis gets sick. This might push the NBA back a long to a lot longer than what's going on now. Like, we're just, we're, it's the same thing with America. We're going for an immediate fix when we should be exploring all options. Like, maybe the NBA or sports coming back right now is just not the best thing to do right now. Bro, it's money. That's it's all, it, it's all it comes down to, really. It's just the money, man. It's always, always comes down to the money. Want to touch on J. Cole? Oh, yeah. Um, so, did you read up on any of the stuff that really went on with J. Cole? No, you said you listened to the song, right? Uh, the song Snow on the Bluff. Yeah. I thought it was good. Pretty, it was uh, somber, I'd say. Yeah. We had also talked about how he's really good at making songs that capture an idea and say it in the best words possible. Wonder- but you, you couldn't really say it much better. Yeah. You know, and he's good at that. He makes, I think this song does He that. makes uh, very com- complex things seem sound easy. Mm-hmm. Like he, he t- it's the same thing I think about with like Black. He speaks at a very high level. Mm-hmm. Like he's very intelligent, but he breaks it down in such a uh, human way. Yeah. I guess it's. But yeah, for people that don't know, he put out a song addressing um, a tweet from rapper No Name. I'm not too really familiar with her. I'm not either. Um, I've heard a couple things. I'm not well-versed, so I can't really say too much about her. But um, this was the tweet that she had put out. She said, poor black folks all over the country are putting their bodies on the line in protest for our collective safety. 
and y'all favorite top selling rappers not even willing to put a tweet up. Word I'm not allowed to say whole discographies be about black plight and they're nowhere to be found. And J. Cole took that as a personal shot against him because he's been uh, kind of labeled as like a hip hop savior, like a social justice activist warrior. But he came out and said, I never wanted that shtick that you guys gave me. Like, you guys put that on me. So I brought up an idea that we had conversed about before about how much is our, our responsibility as a fan of creating these storylines for these artists or these actors or stuff. And then when they don't follow the narrative or storyline that we painted for them, they we turn on them. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that J. Cole is an activist to me either, though. I think yeah. that he spoke up. But would you be would you say, though, that a lot of people would consider him somebody that's more, I guess... Um, I feel like he's a woke rapper. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily equal activist. No, no, I think we're getting away from what I'm saying. Like, okay. the, the woke part is really what I'm saying. Like, people are labeling him as a certain type of person. He's telling you, like, yeah, I'm, I know a little bit more than other people when I speak out about these things, but this is not... I'm not a full-time activist or I'm not a full woke person. Like, I'm just speaking on my experience. I think we had talked about, like, Meek. Remember when I said that Meek said that he didn't want to be labeled an activist? Mm-hmm. I think when you get labeled an activist, you're expected to, to move and to act a certain way, and everything you do gets put under a microscope. Once you have reached a level that people even associate your name with activists, that shows how much power you have. Mm-hmm. That's very true. So that might just be a thing. Like, I don't, I know that J. Cole knows, knows his influence, mm-hmm. but if he doesn't see himself as an activist, that a lot of people apparently feel he is, Right. maybe he, he just doesn't see that he has as much power as people will give him. Right. Whether or not fans should put that on a person, I'm not sure. I feel like that just happens. I don't think people consciously put power into people's hands like that. I think it just ends well, up with numbers. I don't think it's necessarily the power thing. It's it's like the story like with Takashi. I hate bringing them up, but fans expect him to act wild and crazy. That's why he's doing it, because he knows that that's what's going to sell. I do believe that J. Cole has teetered the line on being the conscious rapper because he knows that people are interested and will stream that type of music. So I don't just put it on the fans, too. They're... J. Cole's buying into the the the, the shtick, too. I mean, mm-hmm. he, you know, the things he raps about, the things he talks about, wearing Tupac shirts, like, he's presenting himself in this way, so I can't necessarily blame the fan for buying into that when the artist is selling him that, too. Yeah, but that still goes back to, like, just because a person appears woke and speaks woke doesn't mean that they're an activist. No, I'm, I'm not saying that, that... I'm not saying you are. I'm oh, saying yeah. this is how I think a lot of fans can come to the conclusion that he's an activist. I don't think it's not... I think we're just putting just the activist part. I think they're just talking in general. Like, they think he should just be speaking in general. Not necessarily he should be in the streets, but he has an obligation to say something because of Every the time things, something happens? Yeah, because of the things he's rapping about. Same with they're doing it to Kendrick. They did it to Kanye. Like, they're doing it to everybody. And it's like... I think that also comes down to what we were just talking about. Like, he's really good at saying very complex things in a very easy-to-digest way. Right. And I think people are in a, a lost spot and they just want guidance and they know that he can take a complex scenario and make it easy for people to understand so maybe they can get another view about yeah. the situation um yeah i mean you know now that we're talking it out if you are in that situation and people look up to you i mean i think it kind of comes with the territory man yeah but i also don't think it's fair to just to just expect these things from these people because some of them don't even know how to... I'm not saying this is in J. Cole's case, but some of them haven't even processed this for themselves. Yeah, okay. And then they're expecting you to process it for them, too. Like, you got to give these people some time. And 
you've also got to understand that they have no obligation to speak about these things. That's what it is. Yeah. Like, like you can't get mad at them for not speaking, but when they speak, be appreciative. Yeah, exactly. And I get the, what do, I get where the fans are coming from for, and even like no name and expecting these rappers to talk about it. Cause they do make money off of being the socially conscious person like Kendrick or like, I mean, even to an extent, Kanye, like people aren't looking to Drake for this kind of music right now, mm-hmm. you know, but they're looking to J Cole. They're looking for those guys to speak up. So, I mean, I get it, but again, at the same time, J. Cole has kind of painted himself as that person, so how much, part of it's the responsibility of the fans, but part of it is also what you're portraying, too. For sure. And there's also a lot of pressure to make sure what you say is correct. That's true. Because I mean, if, that too, sir. That's true. Because if you, if you don't say it's right, they're going to kill you for it. Yeah. Yeah, this girl um, had put it into pretty good perspective. I saw this tweet. Um, her name is Nadia Amani. She said, Jason, J. Cole, Jason, J. Cole is basically saying that you guys created a narrative about him that he's not comfortable with because he doesn't feel like he's as woke as you guys claim and wants people to stop trying to outwoke each other, but instead help educate. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. I do too. I agree with that. And I think there's a couple lines in the song that kind of pointed that out too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I will say in our generation too, there's this like a, uh, this like weird thing to want to outwoke each other. Like I've got, I know more than you. I know more than you, or I'm more of an activist than you are. And it's, that's not what it's about. That person automatically looks less woke to me. Yeah, for sure. Because then they look like they're just doing it for a self-serving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't really fault J. Cole. And I'm glad that he expressed this, too. People were calling him misogynistic and stuff, but he was just responding to something that he felt strongly about. And he wasn't being disrespectful to her in any way, at least not from what I got from the music. I think a lot of people should do that. A lot of people in pressured situations should just break down how they feel every now and then so that people can realize, like, this is a human. I'm a human. Right. Like, I'm going through a lot of pressure right now. I don't know. Like, you guys want me to be a certain way. I don't necessarily see me that way. I'm trying to find a middle ground so I can benefit everybody. Yeah. And I know this is a J. Cole subject, but there's a lot of people that people look up to that I'm sure feel like this and have no idea how to express that. That's, that's yeah, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about people are still trying to figure out how they feel about this before they can tell you how to feel about it. Like. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are still trying to get through what's going on. I mean, J. Cole's been a part of this stuff for a long time. He's been active in the community for a long time. I'm sure that this weighs on him just as much or heavier than it does for a lot of other people because he's so involved in it, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely check out that song, Snow on the Bluff. Yeah, I thought it was a great, uh, great song. I mean, it's good to hear Cole back. It's been quiet for a while. Yeah. D for Vendetta? Yeah, uh, so D for Vendetta... Um, we talked about this last week. It was one of my picks of the week, but you actually watched it. Uh, yeah. First initial thoughts. I thought it was really good. I thought it was interesting. The fact that when it came out, I wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. Something happened. Never got around to seeing it. Many times that I've seen it pop up in my face to watch it. Still didn't watch it. But then we talked about it last week. Right. You brought it up. And I, and I was like, yeah, you know, I'm very familiar with it. Just never seen it. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm about to watch it. Watched it. And I feel like I was supposed to watch it now because it relates to the way the government currently looks. It, it relates to how the citizens are fighting back currently. There's a lot of themes that are very similar with each other in the movie sure. and in real life right now. So I feel like it, this is the perfect time for me to watch it. Perfect time for anybody to watch it if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I uh, actually wrote down some of the events that are eerily similar to what's going on right now. Uh, the media controlling everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, There's a part of the movie where... I think we talked about this earlier where the high chancellor or supreme chancellor, whatever he's called says, we need to show everybody that we're on the brink of chaos. Mm-hmm. And they had brought up a civil war, a water shortage, terror groups, avian flu, airborne pathogen, just like what's going on right now. Yep. 
Um, they, he says that they need to remind the people how much they actually need the government, which will go into the conspiracy talk that I have later too. Yeah. Oh, even the chancellor seems a lot like Trump, no regard for politics. Um, the stronger that he gets, the stronger his base gets mm-hmm. his supporters get. Um, he won an election after nobody else thought he would. Mm-hmm. They, they're currently, they had an outbreak going on during the movie. And I think when he got elected for the second time and pushed the Supreme chancellor, they actually came out with a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of crazy things, uh, a lot of crazy, uh, coincidences or I guess, uh, themes show up that have a lot to do. Oh, and then the cop shooting the little girl and starting the riots and the protesting, like a lot of what's going on is directly linked to what's going on now. It's pretty crazy. So I was doing a little back research on this. Do you mm-hmm. want to hear the craziest coincidence about this? Okay. The movie takes place in 2020. Really? Really. Did not know that. Fucking crazy, right? Yeah. I thought it was like in 2030 something. Nope. Takes place in 2020. Oh, that doesn't, uh, doesn't surprise me. It's so eerie, dude. Yeah. Well, even like with the V getting spray painted everywhere, it almost feels like the Black, Black Lives Matter fist. Yeah. Like, it, there's a lot of weird connections going on right now. I almost feel like that the V for Vendetta guy, I don't do you know what his name was in the movie. We just call him V, I guess. Yeah, v. I think that is his name. V. Yeah, he might have been V. Um, I think he just, he doesn't necessarily represent a particular person. Like, he's not like some superhero. I think he represents all of us, what we all want out of our government, out of our politics, out of everything. Like, I think he, rep- like, even Natalie Portman had said something towards the end of the movie that, he was my mother. He was my brother. He was all of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that he stands for the idea of going against the norm. See, I saw it like that. And I also saw it as like anonymous. That too. A force that is unidentified that is calling out the bullshit and trying to trying to straighten the trage- trajectory back in line. Right. Let's put all the dominoes together. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for anybody that hasn't checked out the movie, I mean, it's uh, it's an incredible movie. Uh, visually, it's amazing too. You know how big I am on visuals. I think it's a, a cool looking movie. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's just very interesting how much ties into now, um, as far as like the themes and things like that. So right now, it feels like we're living in a movie. I wonder if twenty years ago I was still thirty, with my same mindset. I wonder if I'd feel the same way. I don't know if this is just an age thing. Yeah. Where the older you get the more you have accumulated through your life that you can compare it to. Mm-hmm. And you just start realizing and connecting pieces of a puzzle. And you're just like, like this shit is like, there's a lot of fucked up shit going on. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, 20 years ago it was like that or 20 years before that, it was like that or, you know, just keep going. I mean, it could be like, we talked about the civil rights last week about how now we have cameras so we can see everything that's going on. But imagine the shit that wasn't going on back then. That probably mm-hmm. felt like the end of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like watching people dying in the street, watching... I mean, imagine, like, the Spanish flu, when the Spanish flu ran through the U.S. Like, look at how scared we are with corona, but we're able to communicate with each other, we're able to do that. Imagine having none of that and having this flu out there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's got to feel like the end of the world. Yeah, that would be terrifying. Because I'm not, I'm not lying right now. It feels kind of like we're on the edge. See, I have mixed feelings about that. Sometimes I feel like... The world really is going out of control and i don't know if we're going to be able to get this back on track but sometimes i feel like this is a disruption that we needed to get back on track well yeah well, i think i said that something similar along that lines like yeah. this is kind of like a recorrection it's really hard to tell because i think i mentioned this when we talked about the coronavirus like very early on but i felt like that was god telling us to sit our asses down mm-hmm. like we're doing too much we're everything's spiraling out of control all right i'm gonna sit you guys down and show you what's going on so that you can actively do something and i think that that's kind of ties into the Kyrie thing too earlier like he's saying that if we 
go back to the same old distractions and we're just going to go back to the same old shit we were doing before. Nothing is going to change because we're just finding ways to distract ourselves. Yeah. Like the coronavirus took away all our distractions. It made us, it's like, here's what's going on. Now you have to watch what's going on. That's very true. You have to be a part of this. You can't just um, use your work or relationships or the bar or anything to escape it anymore. Now you have to really face the reality of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a, a very similar on the lines of the civil or the civil uh, the civil rights stuff right now. I mean, it, it's being shown in our face, and I think that this is all part of a bigger plan to to um, push us. We talked about the twenty twenty vision thing. I think this is what we're getting. Do you think that there's going to be a rush to reopen things to create a distraction? I don't think that that's what's going on right now. You think so? I think we're rushing everything open. I think that Trump for this sp- specific thing though to kind of get people to be like, all right, I got to focus on work now. I can't focus on. Um, I can't focus on injustice. Yeah, yeah, we're in an and we're in an election year. I mean, obviously, Trump wants people back working because it takes away from them thinking about the coronavirus. Yeah, like all of this is just—it's uh, like a board game to these people. That's what it seems like—a big chessboard. And we're all the pawns. We are. You like that? Uh, conspiracy talk. Conspiracy talk. So, um, kind of going off of everything we've been talking about today. And uh, some of the things we talked about last week, I wanted to dive a little bit more into um, predictive programming. Um, So for anybody that doesn't know what predictive programming is, predictive programming is a claim that when conspirators plan a false flag operation, they hide references to it in popular media before the event takes place. When the event occurs, the public has been softened up and thereby passively accepts it rather than offering resistance or opposition. The government basically provides a problem that we have to turn to them for a solution for. So they basically soften the blow. So, for example, like all the alien movies for throughout the years, yep. if there's an alien attack, we wouldn't know if it's Mars Attacks or, I don't know, a happy alien movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's happening. I mean, look at how many videos there, or videos, movies there are about pandemics, mm-hmm. um, about police brutality, about militarizing the police. I mean, we just talked about V for Vendetta, which is basically a foreshadowing of everything that's going on now. Mm-hmm. So they're saying that they put these things into movies and stuff so that when they actually happen, the outrage or the things against them isn't so high because we've already been like kind of preconditioned to what was going to happen anyways. It's almost like believing it into existence. Right. Because they're bringing in a situation to manipulate people to feel a certain way like that's the end goal they're um conditioning you so that when something happens that they condition you for you feel a way that they intend you to feel right it's not gonna work for everybody yeah i agree but the majority of people are going to react how that uh conditioning played into effect right i do think i mean touching on an energy portion of that though even if they're not meaning to plant these things in movies or TV shows to soften the blow, if we continuously keep talking about these things and giving these things energy, like a terrorist attack or like an alien invasion. So that's what I'm talking okay, about. Okay, that, that makes more sense when you say it like that. Yeah, so then if the energy goes, if we're putting all our energy towards that, the event is more likely to occur because we're putting so much energy. So the way I'm looking at the predictive programming is, are they actually doing it to give us a... A glimpse into the future or are they just giving you every possible bad scenario that there possibly can be so that when these scenarios ultimately do pop up we're already preconditioned to feel how we feel about them we're giving so much energy to these things that might happen that they might actually occur because we're drawing that energy into us yeah like it's like the manifestation thing like what you put out you'll get back in so if we continuously keep talking about alien invasions and making movies about them and stuff maybe they're not predictively programming us to be conditioned to that 
but they're giving us all these worst possible outcomes so that we know everything that could possibly happen. Yeah, I don't necessarily believe... I mean, they even talk about it a little. It's called pareidolia. It's seeing patterns in random, and when you go back looking through evidence for your belief, your confirmation bias kicks in and you'll find connections. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if predictive programming... I do think that maybe they give us some information about things that are going to occur in the future, but I think a lot of it is just they're trying to give us the absolute worst possible scenarios and everything and just trying to prepare us for those worst possible scenarios. I don't... But I do think that maybe there is some events that they slip into things... But I also think that just like we were saying with the energy thing, like we keep giving energy to these situations like the V for Vendetta, like people continuously watching that movie and thinking that this could happen. That's how we end up in a place where that does happen. Mm-hmm. I think so. I really believe in thinking things into existence. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of the stuff that people actually think into existence are not the good things because it's easier to think about bad things. Right. Like it's so hard to really try to manifest good things and truly believe it. But if you have something negative, like fear is easy to believe in. Oh, 100%. That's what they talked about that during V for Vendetta. That's how he would use, that's what he used to control everybody. That's why I think believing things into existence that aren't good are more likely. Oh, yeah. No, I agree with that too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know if there's some nefarious plot to like show us what everything is going to happen, but I, I do think that some of it is coincidence and some of it might actually be planned. I just do think that sometimes it's just coincidence. And people like these type of movies. Yeah. Like, they are good entertainment. We can't discredit or look over the fact that sometimes it is just a movie. Yep. Because this is what's going to sell action thrillers like V for Vendetta. V for Vendetta. For sure. Yeah. Uh, picks of the week. Uh, picks of the week. So, a couple picks of the week for me this week. Uh, are you familiar with any of the backstory about Woodstock? No. So there's actually a pretty cool documentary on Netflix. It's called Three Days to Define the Generation. And it's a documentary about how Woodstock came to be, why they were doing it, the atmosphere, how peaceful it was. I think it's really important during this time because this came out on the tail of a lot of civil rights stuff and things like that. So it's interesting to see uh, people coming together as a community and celebrating art and music and love and peace, as hippie-ish as that sounds. Um, But it was really good. Uh, Just a lot of backstory on even like the financing, all the things that they had to do how quickly they had to make everything come together. I thought Woodstock was in some random place in the Midwest. It was actually in New York. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. And over 400,000 people attended. That's so crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was a good, really good documentary to check out. That's on Netflix. Um, do you know what the Franz donuts are? They're like, where they're a donut, but they're kind of crunchy a little bit too. No, but that sounds good. Oh, they're really good. So they have birthday cake ones. It's a funfetti glazed donut with a little bit of crunch. I highly suggest that everybody tries one. I ate an entire box from the other night. Where do you get that from? I got it from Walmart, I think. Oh, I think it's you, like a box donut. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like the, the chocolate ones that come in like the pack of Like six. a Hostess type? No, it's an actual box, like okay. a Franz box. And they're it's really weird. It's like a crunchy donut, but it's really good. Interesting. Um, and music-wise, I haven't done a music pick in a while, but um, are you uh, pretty hip to Brent Fias? Yeah. I think that's how you say his name. Um, I've, I've mentioned a couple episodes ago that I've been going back and listening to albums that I didn't give as much attention to because of Corona and stuff. Uh, his last album, Fuck the World. Yeah. Really great album. My brother put me onto that. Yeah, really good stuff. Um, I actually came hip to him from ATL or Atlanta. I don't know if they call ATL Atlanta. Because mm-hmm. uh, his song was in the trailer uh, too fast. So, yeah, great album. Oh, I only have one pick this week, and it's uh, Instagram. Um, it's an Instagram account. Okay. And the account is comrade underscore Hoff. Uh, C-O-M-R-A-D-E underscore Hoff. I'll show you some of his pictures real fast. The reason why I picked it is because every picture is like an adventure, mm. but it's so minimalistic, but it still inspires so much thought. Yeah. 
And I, I like it. So you can kind of like look through this shit. Oh, yeah. I've seen this guy's work before. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it still was hella cool. Yeah. Even just like the graphic, the detailing on it is super cool. Like you can just tell it's not just something he just slapped together. Yeah. Like there's, it looks like there's meaning behind everything that he's posting. It's done really well. It's very simple, very minimalistic, but it's futuristic and also dystopian-like. Yeah, I do get the sense of that from there. Just the way the buildings are shaped. Mm-hmm. And... Almost like in a different dimension, though. Like, he has, like, this, you know, giant skull on the ground that looks like an old cyclops skull in the middle of a desert next to a lagoon. Yeah. You know, like, it's interesting stuff. It's like Mad Max art. Mad Max on a different planet. Yeah. Um, I actually had an IG to shout out to. Um it's a guy by the name of Kyle Christ. He's an artist and he makes, I don't know if you can see, I just took a screenshot, but he makes uh, like VHS cases and like video stuff um, based on music videos. Interesting. So like you can see. So is see, this a VHS case for? So like that one's just for Biggie, but this one's for Travis Scott Goosebumps. Oh. And he makes the, the cases for it on the back. It has information and he actually puts the music video onto a VHS Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, super dope stuff. Um, and his Instagram is Christcrete, K-R-I-S-T-K-R-E-A-T-E. Really cool stuff. I actually found him. I forgot how uh, what cover he posted. It was something really crazy, though. Really dope. It might have been Tootsie Slide mm. that he did a really dope one for. But yeah, uh, check that out. That was my, uh, I guess, another pick of the week. Uh, you want to get into hot headlines? Hot headlines. Uh, I know you saw Akon City. Yeah. Got that $6 billion contract. Let me look at the details real fast, just in case you guys missed it. Yeah, uh, that's a... So, Akon has reportedly secured $6 billion contract to build Akon City in Senegal. Um, the interesting thing about this city is that the futuristic city is only going to accept cryptocurrency, and the coins are going to be called A-coins. Oh, yeah. I did see that. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, is there going to be like a 6-9 ice cream parlor or something there? Yeah, I wonder how that's going to work out with his uh, his image. I wonder if that's going to detract from the positive that he's doing. Yeah. I don't, is this positive, what he's doing? Making his own city? Yeah. Is that a positive thing? Or is I that just it, like a power move? I guess it depends on how he governs his city. Is it going to be like free or not free? But I mean, is it going to be like, is Akon going to be like a dictator over this city? Or what's, I, I guess I just need more information. Yeah. Probably. Like, is he going to be the king? Like, I don't feel like I want to really make a statement on that unless I know more information because I don't want Akon's goons looking for me. You ever seen his brother, bro? Yeah, I'm cool. Brother Blue looks like he'd take your fucking head you know, off. Boo? It's either Boo or Blue. Pretty sure it's Boo. boo yeah. Because something. when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's an intimidating ass name. <laughs> yeah. Boo, Chubbs. Like, boo. These, these guys are scary. Hush? Yeah. Oh, Hush was the one, yeah. Shit. Hush or Raymond? Shit. Um, Mike Tyson biopic is officially moving forward with Jamie Foxx starring as a boxing icon. I'm looking forward to that. Did you ever see the little video on Hot 97 where he describes how he wants the opening scene to look? No. I'll send it to you, bro. It sounds fucking fire. Can you break it down for the audience? Yeah, so basically Jamie Foxx had this interview a couple years ago because he's been trying to get this movie made since I think like 2014. Jamie Foxx has played everybody. Yeah, yeah. And basically what it is is he said that he wanted a shot that comes from the just above the, like below the clouds in through New York City, and it goes into a boxing um, arena. Not an arena, but like a gym. And the doors are closed, and the doors magically open by themselves. And it snakes in there, and it's a little boy boxing. And he, there's a like an older gentleman with his hands up. And the younger kid is a fan of Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson's an older guy. And the kid's like telling him, my dad said you were the greatest or whatever. And he's like boxing the thing. And then all of a sudden, Mike flashes back to his last fight, where he's like, I'm ready to give all this shit up. And it was just the way he explains mm. it, man. It just sounds crazy, but... 
Uh, Martin Scorsese is apparently supposed to be directing it, and he's always come with the fire. Uh, Jamie Foxx is bulking up to 230 to play the role. Wow. And it will examine the controversy. now, though? Uh, I don't know. He's got to be at least two. Yeah. And it will examine the controversies and nuances of Tyson's life. I am uh, really excited for that. Yeah. I will um, definitely be checking that I'll out. I'll check that out, too. Shout out Jamie Foxx, even though we're not to shout out yet, but... Uh, Fox News publishes digitally altered and misleading images of the Seattle demonstration. Yeah, fuck Fox News, bro. Yeah. Fuck Fox News. Every single person over there can go fuck themselves. Laura Ingram, Tucker Carlson, all of you. So we took a trip Dweebs. up to CHOP. Oh, yeah. Well, Chaz, CHOP. Chaz, I'm not, CHOP. I'm not sure exactly what they're using. I don't want to offend anybody, that's, but yeah, I'm not sure what the term is now. Termage? Either way, <laughs> we, we went up there, and, bro, it was... The most peaceful environment. Yeah, dude. I could hear a pin drop in there. Like, Bro, it was so quiet. It was chill as fuck. People out there meditating. Yep. People out there, you know, pretty much having talks, like uh, teaching. Educating. Yeah, educating. educating. Like, it's it's crazy. There's a lot of art out there. A lot of beautiful there. artwork. People mm-hmm. doing a lot of amazing stuff. Um, there was no sense of threat out there. Like, no part of me felt worried whatsoever. No. Everybody just seemed super chill. There wasn't, except for the asshole that drove by honking saying, fuck the chop or whatever he was saying which he's a loser so yeah fuck him hopefully he gets a flat tire on the way home and he immediately got responded with people out there saying we love you yeah they met him with love and peace yeah. i wanted to yell a couple derogatory things but i also yeah. think that that's counterproductive to even give those spineless deuce i don't know walking in there made me just want to be quiet yeah like there's like a sense of like i don't need to say much oh i meant just when he was saying shit like yelling at him other than that i just wanted to take in everything that was there because like i mentioned on the last podcast i'd gone there for the protest but it's a little different now because the energy is different it's less of angry wanting change there's people who are still angry and still wanting change but they're doing it in a much more peaceful tone now now that the cops are gone yeah some of the images that fox used where i know you've seen the uh the guy standing with a assault rifle mm-hmm. with the green mask yeah um that image has been floating around anyway he was photoshopped into seattle yep. came from a whole different picture and he's been and it's multiple pictures Multiple different, pictures, different yes. pictures with him, it, the same pose, same thing with him in it. Yep. Uh, there's fiery photos that they used on the front page where it says Seattle helpless as armed guards patrol anarchist. That was their headline. And they had a fiery image and a person running down the street. Anyway, that picture's from Minnesota. Yeah. Like, I saw a naked dude. They had a naked guy <laughs> yelling at people. Like, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, also, if you go to Fox News for your news, like at this point, Fox News just seems one as a trump sounding horn or whatever they call it. like trump's basically trump's own fucking media service but also like with the internet and everything how we can break these things down and find these pictures like you would think that they'd be a little more careful but again i don't think that they're the people that view fox news are really looking for truth they're just looking for whatever fox news is telling them but even fox news aside if you're casually just going through news like just scrolling through feeds of whatever thing you look at be careful of what you look at and don't take it to heart at yeah. first because it could be a manipulated image just right. like these are yeah exactly and not just a manipulated image but the, also the stories that they're telling about these places about people being violent and the police are not welcome and all this stuff like that was the most pe- one of the most peaceful places yeah. i've ever been honestly Weird. it was more peaceful than normal capitol hill yeah where they're firsthand literally telling you guys that that's not the case what the news is saying about seattle right now yeah 100 percent not the case current seattle current seattle right yeah um netflix ceo and wife donated 120 120- million to hbcus reportedly the largest single donation to historically black schools um it'll be shared by morehouse spellman and uncf and uh i don't know the guy's name because they didn't even put his name on the headline which i think is a little crazy because if he's donating that much they should at least acknowledge him maybe he wants to be anonymous but maybe um he said investing in the education of black youth is one of the best ways to invest in america's future 
That's a so. Don't move by Netflix. Uh, this is, I guess, a silly headline, but the all-new Ford Bronco is to debut on July 9th, which is also O.J. Simpson's birthday. Yeah, I saw that. That's a little wild. Um, that's not coincidental. They did that shit. Oh, yeah, years. for sure. Um, th- th- that's another weird thing. Like, concerning the white Bronco, there was... it's. It's murder. It's a very touchy, weird subject. Mm-hmm. So that's even weird that they would do that. Uh, yeah. But then again, you know, there seems like there's no rules anymore. So, I mean, I feel like if he got convicted of murder, it would be one thing. The fact that he didn't, I feel like they can use that as a scapegoat. It's like, I mean, he he didn't. Well, it's kind of the same thing to me. I mean, I, this obviously it's not the same level. Well, I guess it could be, but it's just like George Zimmerman signing Skittles packs. Yeah, that's true. You know, so it's just like... But, I mean, we know he killed Trayvon. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like, we know... Like, Do you think OJ killed his wife? Yeah. I guess I've never asked you this before. I do. I think it was either him or the son. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. The son was a little bit wild. Um, but it was uh, or it Nicole and... I forget the guy's name. There's two people that died. Yeah, though. It wasn't under warrior. Or... It was like... I'm pretty sure it was a dude that she was seeing from. And respect to everybody's family in this. Like, we're this is just, we don't know too much information. Yeah. Like we said, if you're coming to us for facts. We don't know shit. the wrong place. Um, Tucker Carlson, this is the guy from Fox News. Uh, super fucking dude. I have a lot of things to say. I'll just keep it to myself. But uh, he doesn't have an, they say that he doesn't have an obligation to investigate the truth of statements before making them on the show. And his audience doesn't expect him to report facts. This is from his lawyer. Bro, speaking of what his lawyer said, also he said he suggests that no reasonable viewer would think that Tucker Carlson is news. This goes back. Remember when we were talking about TMZ and I said that the reason why they're able to do the shit that they do is because they can report something and then just say that they're like a certain entity, like they're not real news. Yeah, so they can just pass it off. I kind of feel like that's how Fox News is becoming too. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so fuck Tucker Carlson and his lawyer. And Fox. And Fox. Did you see the Georgia police officer, Officer Karen? Crying over the McMuffin. Oh my god, that shit was so funny. She said, give us a break. And I'm over here like, as soon as y'all stop killing unarmed yeah. black people, sure. Black people have been asking for a break for <laughs> like, the last the 400 years, so fuck off. Like, do you like, not understand what's going on yeah, right now? Yeah, like, man. No shit, people don't like the fucking cops. Also, that story didn't make sense. Didn't she say that she ordered it on her phone? Aren't you supposed to pull up into a spot? So that, why was she going through the drive-thru? Yeah, either way. Like, what I didn't get is, are you... Afraid that someone's going to kill you while you're waiting for your food? Or are you afraid that someone's going to poison your food? I think that what, what you're trying to get at was the poison thing. But even so, like, you're, taking, a ch- you're taking the chance of eating McDonald's anyways. Yeah. Like, come on, man. That was a, uh, a weird one. It is a little wild. She crying for something else. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not getting... What did we say last week? Most of these are just probably not getting some good... Uh, Karens need dick. Yeah, they need some nice uh, schlong in their life. No, real talk, though. You ain't never seen a bad Karen. That's true. Ever. That is very true. They all look very angry and scary looking. Mm, scary as in like they just not scary like I'm physically scared of them or anything. They just look like demons almost. Yeah, crusty. Not the demon crusty, time we crusty. want. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, FDA pulls emergency authorization for malaria drugs touted by President Trump to treat the coronavirus, citing growing evidence they don't work and could cause deadly side effects. You're right. also going to the President of the United States for your um, prescription advice. Um, yeah, I got a new slash for you probably not the most uh, authoritative figure on that section of the world yeah uh quaker oats is removing the name and image of aunt jemima from the brand in an effort to make progress towards racial equality um it's about fucking time so what are they gonna do with that are they gonna put a white person on there <laughs> i'm <laughs> serious like what, what are they I, gonna do i have no idea honestly but if you go into the history of aunt jemima they should have gotten rid of that shit a long time ago speaking of that did you know the true song behind the ice cream song 
I had read something about it. I didn't Ooh. know, but I heard that that's a little wild too. That shit racist as fuck. Go yeah. do your Googles and look up the the true ice cream, like the ice cream truck that goes down your street, yeah. like the, that little jolly sound, or whatever. Go listen to that, the real version of it. Damn. Shit crazy. Yeah, the Aunt Jemima thing was wild to me too because basically Aunt Jemima was a figure that they took out of, I don't know why I'm blinking on what those, the minstrel shows. Basically, they took Aunt Jemima's character from that and put it on to represent black people. Mm. And there's a lot of things. I mean, you could read more into it, and I would tell people too, but there's, they made her purposely this way so that white guys wouldn't view her as sexually attractive. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of weird stuff. So it's about fucking time is all I got to say about Aunt Jemima. Did you see that Louisville Slugger is to uh, stop making, or is to stop production of nightsticks for Louisville Police Foundation? I was actually going to share this last week and I forgot to put that in my notes. But yeah, I saw that they were doing little, the little mini knife sticks that you could personalize and shit. Damn, a man sued his date for $236,000 after Kiss led to cold sore infection. My first question, how did you get to $236,000? Yeah. It's such a, a wild I number. know a cold sore does not cost $236 to treat, but maybe... I mean, that's just a random number. Yeah. Like $236,507, whatever. You know, I'm yeah. just playing. But still, $236,000. Yeah. Where do you come to that conclusion? Over, and it, yeah, period. And then over cold sore, that just seems even more unfathomable. I get that. Like, okay, well, now I can't ever date again. Or now I have to disclose this wherever I go or whatever. Yeah. Now I have to be on this medicine or now I have to, now I'm traumatized. The lawyer's going to make up some shit yeah. so that they get paid to. But $236,000 is such a weird number to he me. He must have the same lawyer as uh, Tucker Carlson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a... I don't know. Uh, Diego, a giant tortoise whose unstoppable libido was credited with saving his species, has finally retired to an uninhabited island off the coast of Ecuador after decades of service in a breeding program. Yo, Diego, happy trails, my friend. Did you see the guy carrying him on his back? No. There's a picture of a guy that has Diego in like a, a backpack strap thing carrying him. Keep in mind, this is a big fucking tortoise. Yeah. He just has this big ass tortoise on his back and he's carrying him to his next stop. Because that's wild. Diego wouldn't walk fast enough, apparently. Yeah, that's because he's been fucking for all these years. He's literally <laughs> saved his race by fucking. That's true. Imagine that's if you had to do that. You just had to fuck all the Karens to save the race. <sighs> how do, you, how do we know that it. we're not subjecting? What is his name? Diego? How do, you, how do we know we're not subjecting Diego to fucking hella Karens? Yeah, maybe. That's wild to think of That's a Karen. That's great, bro. That's wild to think of a Karen in a turtle world. There has to be. All turtles are created equal or all turtle lives matter. Shit. Oh, man. That is fucking nuts. Um, yeah, man. Salute to Diego. You definitely earned your uh, earned your spot. Yeah, again, to shout outs. Um, I wanted to shout out Marvel. They're offering free reads on their un- Marvel Unlimited app. Um they're offering free comic books uh, from black creators. So I thought that that was really cool. That is cool. Um, especially with the Miles Morales. Speaking of uh, Miles Morales, did you see the preview for the PS5? Yeah. Game? That shit looks fire. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I'm buying that opening day. Yeah. Miles is in the um, PS4 Spider-Man. Oh. But he doesn't turn into Spider-Man. He's just, just Miles. Oh, okay. Do you get a skin or anything? No. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a... Uh, so Miles isn't Spider-Man in that one, though. Oh, gotcha. He's just yeah. himself. yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Because I knew you could get, like, different Spider-Man suits. I don't know if you could Yeah, you can get hella suits. I guess it'd be weird to have a grown-ass white man and a young black kid. boy's skin. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds like a really bad Jordan Peele movie. It does. (laughs) Um, Oh, I wanted to say for shout-outs, happy Juneteenth to all African-Americans out there. Hopefully that this becomes a national holiday. I know they're trying to make it in a lot of places. They're giving a lot of people pay and stuff for today. Yes, Um, celebration of freedom. Yeah, you guys fucking deserve to be celebrated. You guys are just as much... 
citizens of this country is white people, so if they get to celebrate fucking Christopher Columbus Day, you should definitely get to celebrate Juneteenth. Um, and then just a shout out to all the essential workers, nurses, doctors, medical personnel out there that are still fighting the coronavirus. I mean, obviously it's looking like it's not going away and there's going to be a second wave. So I just wanted to give all my thanks to you guys now before shit gets even crazier. Yes. Yeah. Um, I would like to shout out the positive minded people that are out there, even amidst uh, these dire times. Your energy is very contagious. Keep it up. And um, so the cops finally got fired when it comes to Breonna Taylor's situation, which is crazy. It's fucked up. Crazy. It's really, 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 really fucked up that it's taken 93 days now to eat. just get him fired. Just to get him fired. Fired. Wow. Uh, justice for Breonna Taylor. Rest in peace. I mean, she's just one of the many stories out there, but her story touched me so much, too, just because she's an essential worker. You know, she was, uh, I think, a, a volunteer nurse, mm, something along those lines. Something like that. And the, the manner of which she was murdered. If there was a video on this, I guarantee you people would be in the streets just like they are with George Floyd. Yeah, that shit is fucking crazy. That shit is wild. So rest in peace to Brianna. Rest in peace to Manuel Ellis. Yes. Um, they're moving forward. I think we talked about this last week, but it seems like they're now really pushing to reopen this case and to figure out what's going on. I think even new footage came out uh, with State Patrol and stuff. Yes. So. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Manuelis. Rest in peace. Shout out to his family. Yeah. Yeah, just shout out to everybody, man. Hope everybody's doing good out there. Don't forget to check us out on uh, the No Structure Podcast.com. The IG's No Structure Podcast. Twitter's No Structure Pod. One. What we got for you this week?